guys, welcome back to another episode of Horror, Wine, and Crime. Hey, creepies. Hey, Kay. How's it going, Lo? It's going good. How about you? Pretty good. It's a rainy day, so, you know, whenever it's like a rainy day, I just feel, I feel it. Like, I feel blah and tired and, like, low energy. That's just how I've been feeling the whole day. I- I get that. I feel like for me, yes, it is calming, but I feel it's almost like a calm that I needed. Like I've been on the go so much right past months that now that school's over and sports is almost over, um, I feel like this was just like a good day for me to like be chill, like just relax, bish. You know what I it's mean? the storm. It's the storm before the calm comes for you. <laughs> I hope so <laughs> the summer calmness with nothing or not too much going on for you. Time for you to relax. Here's the hoping. Yep. Um. Now, I don't know if you've been watching anything lately. Anything new? Me, however, literally. Zip zero, nada. I started the Bridgerton story, the Charlotte story. What is it? The, it's a Bridgerton story. It's the Queen Charlotte. Oh, is that what that is? It's based off of Bridgerton? Yeah, it's like, it's the um, story of the Queen. It's okay, a prequel. See, you know, and I saw that title and I saw her, but my dumbass didn't put two and two together that it was like, the same character. <laughs> yes, I thought it, it, it's how she became queen. Okay, is it good? It is. I mean, nothing beats the first one, season one, episode six and seven. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have, you have them memorized? If you guys know, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, the second season didn't quite do uh, the same thing that the first one did. But they're all good. I like it. Um, yeah, so I've been watching that. I did watch. The new season started of um, Selling Sunset. Okay, yeah, I, I've never watched that either. I mean, it's just like daytime drama stuff. Like I can put on if I'm doing laundry, dishes, you know what I mean? It's like a good um, background show to put yeah. on. Yeah. Um, so I started that and... I've just been doing other stuff for research, so I'm not going to get into some spoilers quite yet. Yes, then we'll we'll find out soon uh, what other things you've been watching. But bringing it back to today, um, I know this story, I heard it like way back before we were even a podcast. Um I heard other people say it and it was crazy then and now it's come back into the spotlight again and it's actually funny because I had been kind of researching and getting my eggs in a basket for this one before they announced the DACO of it and I'm like oh my god I gotta try to get it out before the DACO comes out and the DACO beat me. But I figured... Man, those stupid things come out so quick. I know. Um, So I figured, you know what? We're going to do it anyway. And if anything, it's just a good conversation piece. Um, You know, and I do realize the DACO was on ID channel. And I had to pay $7 to watch it for the season. So maybe not everybody wants to pay for it or can pay for it. So they could just listen to us talk about it. Yeah, there you go. If you don't want to pay the $7, listen to us for free. I'm just saying. (laughs) You'll have a much better time listening to us. (laughs) Just come listen to us, bitch, and complain for free. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's definitely a good good conversation piece right here. (laughs) There's a lot I feel like you're going to unfold for all of us. And... I'm going to try. It's it's so crazy because even at the end of it, we're not going to have a full answer. But I will tell you, it is, you know, there's no murder. There is no over the top, like, 
crazy as in like dark crazy stuff it's just mildly crazy stuff <laughs> i feel like this is more like compared to like last week the toolbox killers like those were definitely dark and more intense but this one's more like entertaining crime you know what i mean yeah this is like just a big wtf crime <laughs> yeah like conspiracy theory juicy like what do we all think kind of kind of thing which i personally like better i think no i totally get it so um without further ado uh, me and Kay, real quick we are not together in one household we are through screens again she's in her macomb home i'm in my oxford home so on my end i am drinking a glass of crystal i'm drinking our favorite one of them which I'm, one i'm drinking a little bit of Oh my god. What's happening? Did you drink too much of it? <laughs> Did you drink too much of it already? I built it up and built it up. And then I totally forgot the name of it. It's St. Julian's. Peanut butter and jelly? Nope. The red one we like. Sweet revenge. Yes. Thank you. Damn, You're I should have brought I should have brought the bottle up here with me instead of the just the glass, I guess. <laughs> I was like, dang, did you already get through the bottle, girl? Uh, I wish. Okay, so <laughs> ho horrible ad campaign. I'm going to try it again. I am drinking a nice, crisp, cool glass of St. Julian's Sweet Revenge on my end. Hey, that's okay if you didn't get it exactly pristine the first time. They're not paying us, so we don't have to do it pristine. We can do it our way. <laughs> Thanks. As soon as they want to pay us, then we can, you know, clean that shit up. <laughs> uh, and on my end, I'm drinking a nice, crisp glass of agua. <laughs> because I'm lame. <laughs> I felt it was more of like a water kind of night for me. Because okay. I'm already like low energy tired. And if I drink some wine, I... I get it. I get it. <laughs> so drink for the both of us, Bish. Okay. All right. Well, I guess uh, let's just get down and dirty into the crazy. So. All right, Lo. Take us down this road. We are going to tell you the thoughts and some of the details, if you don't already know. Of the story of the Natalie, I'm sorry, Natalia Barnett Grace. Her name is Natalia Grace, but then she was Natalia Barnett, so whatever way you want to call her. So just so you know, this is crazy because she is either a six-year-old child or a 22-year-old woman with dwarfism and posed to be adopted and put in this family then it just became like complete hell like real quick um but even after the messiness and the craziness and the courts you know tried to mark neglect on them they went through a whirlwind they still put her up in a hotel, I'm sorry, an apartment and uh, tried to do the right thing. But before we get there, let's go back to the beginning of where it all began. Michael and Christine Barnett, they were parents of three kids of their own before they decided to adopt Natalia. They had Jacob, Wesley, and Ethan. Their oldest child, Jake, he was born in 1998, and he was different than his siblings. He was born with autism or Asperger's, so which, you know, it's devastating to hear, but there's nothing you can do about it, and you're still going to give your child, like, unconditional love, and that's what they did. 
So they decided they're just going to take life as it comes and they're going to raise him and give him whatever he needs and just whatever life throws at him, they will handle it as it goes. Well, the doctors would try to tell them like he would never talk, but Jacob had other plans. And part of that plan was to prove the doctors wrong. So now Jacob is three years old and he is talking. And not only is he talking, he's showing amazing interests and amazing knowledge of astronomy. They were so very impressive, the knowledge that he knew about, that they pushed him to keep learning. They were here for it, and they were very supportive for it. It even got to the part where they went to a local planetarium for a trip, and he was so much into it that he actually corrected one of the lectures at the planetarium. This kid was so smart. He taught himself how to read in Braille. He taught himself information on how to answer questions in astrophysics. And at one point he would sit down and he would make street maps and point on there where he was, like where he wanted to go, everything on a map, but he made it of, out of Q-tips. Christina did begin to homeschool him for a while, but it got to the point where he started to outsmart her. And he was, she was just like, okay. So he started a math class and she was like, okay. So they enrolled him to other classes at Indiana University, Purdue, and Indianapolis. This kid graduated at 12 years old. That's insane. Isn't it? Like... Truly insane. Yeah. That'd be like my kids, like, well, my kids are past that age and they're still not graduated. So. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm just I mean, like that's... really hoping my kid just passes the grade. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's all I was too. So Christina was so proud of her son, naturally. I mean, who wouldn't be proud of their kids at you know, just graduating from Purdue at 12 years old. Crazy. Um, um, but she was so proud of him and uh, she wanted to share her story. And so she did. She wrote a book. It's called The Spark. And it just talks about the journey of the life and what they went through and just his genius level of a 12-year-old. So clearly after all that, they were offered a chance to be on 60 Minutes. Um, she had an interview with her son. And I mean, dude, he's like a young Sheldon, a real life Sheldon. <laughs> Literally, seriously. So Christine, who obviously has a big heart and loves children, is known for giving and caring. She wanted a larger family. Doctors told her that she could not have any more of her own. So... That would bring us to May of 2010. Michael starts looking for options of adoption. They come across Natalia Grace. She lives in Florida. She is from Ukraine. She was given up by her biological parents, and they were considering it a crisis mode. And they tell them, like, if you can get down here and do the paperwork, get the ball rolling, you can pretty much have her immediately. So what do they do? They plan the trip to Florida, which... I do want to say, like, even watching the DACO and all the other stuff, that I do agree that should have been one red flag. Like, why is it an emergency adoption? Why did it have to be signed in 24 hours for this to work? You know what I mean? Right. Like, adoption's usually super, like, a super long process. Yeah. So like, the fact that it was so quick and easy is, like, big red flag. Yeah. And what if these people were pedophiles or murderers or like, I don't know, Charles Manson, you guys are just like, right. okay, who cares? You go live with them. Yeah. Like they didn't care that much that they were just going to give her to anybody basically. So that to me was red flag number one. Yeah. 
So after getting to Florida, they do the paperwork. They immediately get Natalia and they actually stay in Florida for a while. They kind of make like a family vacation. They don't, they don't want to rush back. They don't want to overwhelm her. They go to Disney World. They go to beaches, have ice creams, just, you know, family day, family things. Um, they just wanted her to get adjusted and comfortable. They didn't want her to get overwhelmed and like panicky and, you know, all the negative things. Right. They wanted her to know that this is your new family, but it's your forever family. So Christina and Michael, they don't really know a whole lot about the background of her. Uh, the only thing they really have is her birth certificate. It's a closed adoption. The parents or mom does not want any contact, doesn't want to be known. It was basically just like, here she is, bye. They, the people before them dropped her off. They walked out of the room. Natalia walked in and it was like, boom, that passed. Crazy. So I know. So on her birth certificate, it shows September 4th, 2003. They knew she was in the U.S. for a couple years and that her biological parents gave her up for adoption for unknown reasons. So after adoption, they do quickly learn that she has a disorder and it's a bone disorder and Lord help me trying to pronounce this because it's called spinal, spinal philia dysplasia. Do you know how to pronounce that? Spinal. Mm, I could guess, but probably not. Spondyloepiphyseal dysplasia congenita. Close enough. Um I've so many times you think I'd still be able to pronounce it and I'm still not there. So that's a long one. So um, understandable. Essentially, it's a form of dwarfism. A lot of people ref referred as SED. So now we know why. It's an easier way to say it, definitely. And it just it causes short stature, skeleton growth issues, and also vision issues. Um, now, this part I didn't see in the doc. Nobody talked about it, but I did see it online and I heard um, other things that I listened to. So I don't know if this part is 100% or if this just got thrown in, but I've heard multiple other pages have it. So it did say that um, they were told that she couldn't walk. So they carried her everywhere. Hmm. They figured, like, Okay, you know, no big deal. So they picked her up and everywhere they went, Michael would carry her. Now, this is where things start to take a little bit of a turn and some more red flags start to arise. Um, again, I didn't hear this on the documentary, but I did hear other things and read about it so I put it in mind as well it's a hot day they decide to go to the beach they are getting their stuff unpacked essentially you know every time you go to the beach it's not just a you know sit down and go you have your bags your lotion your waters your blankets your towels your umbrellas you're trying to get yourself all like a little place set up on the sand right and the boys immediately take off to the water. And Natalia wants to swim so bad. And they're like, hold on, you know, let's get this settled and then we'll take you. Well, before they could turn their head back around, she was up on her feet and she ran into the water. And there they were just like, what the flip just happened? Like, Especially if they're thinking that they have to carry her anywhere and then she just starts running. Yeah, they were told she can't walk, and now all of a sudden she's just up and running to the to the ocean. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> so when they get home, they also notice Natalia didn't really take the toys. She didn't want the Barbies, the baby dolls, any stuff like that. She always preferred to hang out with teenagers, older girls. She had more of an extensive vocabulary than an average six-year-old. Her Ukrainian accent was not there. 
And at one point, they actually had a friend over that was Ukrainian, and she came from Ukraine, and they tried to have a conversation with Natalia in the native language, and Natalia could not understand a single word that she said. Her friend asked her what part of Ukraine that she was from, like, what's your hometown like? Where did you live? What did you do? And she couldn't describe anything. She had no clue of anything. So that was kind of like another eyebrow raise, like, because if you were there for five years of your life, like, you should be able to know something, you know? Yeah. So she was only in the United States for one year. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that she couldn't even speak Ukrainian and didn't remember anything about where she came from is very odd. Yeah. And even at six, you could say, okay, she was a kid, but you think she would understand simple everyday words, mommy, daddy, bathroom, hungry, like the common words that you would say all the time. Yeah. Christina also tells how she gave Natalia a bath. And again, at six years old, she had a full set of pubic hair. And that kind of threw her back because, like, she's supposed to be six. They immediately kind of, like, went and Googled it and researched, like, what's the youngest? And everything online usually said no younger. Like, minimum, it kept showing, like, eight years old. So that was kind of another red flag where they're like, what's going on here? Um, She had all her adult teeth already. A few months later, Natalia had told them that she had been having her periods and she was hiding the evidence. A family friend heard this in an audio recording and Christine said, you know, she's using stained socks that as sanitary pads and she would throw them out the window. She said, this isn't normal. Like, what have I gotten myself into? And the friend recalls and she says, you know, you need to start finding out how old she really is. So also within a few months of adopting Natalia, the Barnett's arranged for a play date with a girl named Elva Ray's, um, I'm sorry, it's Elva Ray's daughter, Therese and I tried everything to try to show you a picture but everything that I googled I could not find the picture that they um, showed in this documentary because I really wanted you to see it Mm -hmm. so it was a girl that had the same kind of dwarfism as Natalia and when they were side by side of the same age it was like night and day it was kind of like if you put um alexis and charlotte next to each other clearly you can see a difference in age you know what i mean right yeah so if i was trying to tell you that you know she was 12 years old you'd be like oh yeah probably not (laughs) right where you're like okay she looks way older especially if she has dwarfism that tends to make you look younger at least in most cases so the fact that she looked older is also kind of weird well she had curves as well she was wearing a bra she had boobs she had pubes she had you know adult teeth those were all like red flags like what is going on you know right um so then michael says that they discovered italia had been taking knives from the kitchen and hiding them in her room. A neighbor at the time, Rachel Ambler, recalls the day Christine's son, Wesley, came over to the house and they were telling her about it. After Rachel told her daughter, uh, you can't play with Natalia anymore. We're going to find new friends. Yikes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would want to... I don't know. Like, do you share that with a neighbor? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My daughter is hiding knives because on one end, that's kind of like embarrassing and freaky. But on the other end, it's kind of like if I die in the middle of the night, this could be why. <laughs> I, yeah, honestly, I don't know. Like, 
And then it probably depends how close her and the neighbor were. Because, like, if they were just, like, kind of acquaintances, that's kind of really personal to tell her. Yeah, I don't know. It's... Yeah. Dealer's choice, I guess. Right. So, Christine tells the Daily Mail that she did help out at school, and she brought Natalia with her, and Natalia looked up at her and says, I don't know how you do it with with these kids, man. They're exhausting. Like... (laughs) What six-year-old says that, you know? That's hilarious. I mean, I guess I could see, like, there are some overzealous kids that kind of could repeat that if they heard another adult say it, which is funny. But I don't think that was the vibe she was getting. Yeah. (laughs) Because they did say that she had a very extensive vocabulary. It was very mature for her age it was very um kind of she's like ahead of the game with the language if she was six years old you know right so it's not like her like just repeating things that she's heard yeah it was more like an actual thought that she was having yeah absolutely and while i find it funny that that happened like again I don't know. I just feel like even if it was repeated, you kind of can tell the difference. I don't know. But I wasn't there. So after adding up all the information that they've just went through, all the puzzle pieces, putting them together, uh, she comes to the conclusion that like, she's, I don't know, she's not the age that she's believed. She's not six. Maybe she's not a teenager. Maybe she's older. I don't know. But she didn't care. She's like, you know what? I'm still in love with this child. She's still here for it. And uh, I'm just going to continue on, and I'm not going to give up on her. So now we're at the end of 2010. And she takes her to the doctors and they ask if they could do a bone density test. And she tells the Daily Mail that the test comes back and they do say that she is not six, that she seems to be at least the minimum age of 14. Um, Just from her bone density test? From the first one, yeah. Mm. So they did kind of change the way they treated her. They dressed her... Um, and a little bit more older stuff. So, okay, maybe we'll take out the Hello Kitty stuff and start putting her, like, in Old Navy. You know what I mean? Just kind of, you know, treating her a little bit more older then. But this is where it starts to see a little bit of change in Natalia's behavior. She starts to act odd, like, even show some violent behaviors. Allegedly, There's a claim that she watched Natalia act out on a baby monitor and she saw it like in the camera. She claims that Natalia started hearing voices. She would make death threats and she would wipe bodily fluids on the walls. Gross. They claim that Natalia would pee and poop on the couch, blankets, pillows, like wherever she shouldn't. Michael tells that she would get in the car and she would load herself up and she'd buckle herself up like, you know, a good girl. And as soon as it would start the engine, she would open the sliding glass door. I'm sorry, the sliding car door. And she would try to jump out or like get out of the car, like fall, like do the whole pity me. I'm handicapped. Help me. People look at me. And it was just embarrassing and frustrating. Like, dude, like, what is your damage? Get back in the freaking car. Um, she would wait till the car was driving. She was obsessed with the younger boy. And she would always want to sit by him. And then when they'd start driving, she would pee and poop. And then she would try wiping it on him while they were in their car seats. That's disgusting. Yeah. Um, she would find their favorite toys, like their Hot Wheels cars, maybe a toy dinosaur, whatever their favorite thing was, Spider-Man. And she would 
pick them up. And then when they would go out, she would throw them up in the air into the street. So the boys would go into them while traffic was coming and almost get hit by cars. And then she would look at them and tell Michael, straight-faced, I'm trying to kill them. Wild. Like, like what how do you, you say yeah, that? Like, like, how do you proceed from that when, like, she's saying that she wants to kill your children? Yeah. Like, and I don't know why they didn't, because throughout this, they never did call the police. Um, so that was kind of a red flag on their end. Like, right. what are you trying to hide from your end? Like, what are you doing? Obviously, you're doing something that you don't want CPS or the police or something to know about. Because at that point, I would probably call somebody to come and take you away. Like, I got to yeah. protect my own, you know. Right. But they, they did try to get her help. It's at this point that they get got a hold of Indianapolis Stress Center and they had Natalia admitted. Um, sometimes she would go for weeks on end. Um, they were trying to desperately get her the help and, that she needed to try to fix whatever it is that needed to be fixed. They took Natalia to several therapists. Michael recalls that they told him that she was diagnosed with a severe mental disorder that which could help explain her behavior. Uh, kind of raising her eyebrows in like a hush-hush way. Um, this is why she was given up for adoption in the first place. Um, do they know she had a mental disorder? Is there something bigger and deeper wrong with her? Nobody told us this upon adoption. But again, there's... They would just get, well, it's a closed adoption. Um, I don't have to tell you. We don't have any information. The people don't want to be contacted. They don't want nothing to do with you. So it was kind of just like hitting a wall. So she gets out of the stress center and they bring her back. But things did not get better. As a matter of fact, it only got worse. At one point, Christine said that she actually caught her daughter pouring pine salt into her coffee. Natalia had walked in, told her that she was, you know, wanted to be a good girl. She wanted things better. She was tired of the fighting and getting in trouble. Um, so Christina was like, okay, you know, you can help me do dishes. So Natalia hopped up on the chair and was helping her do dishes. Christine walked out of the room. When she came back, she took a sip of her coffee. And obviously, girl, oh, girl, do we know pine salt? Yeah, I could one time side note, I was in a club and somebody like spilled a bunch of drinks and they were cleaning it up and I just across from the club just knew that it was pine salt because because of our job. <laughs> so I but I can't even imagine tasting it. Like that's gross. Oh my god, absolutely. Like ugh. So um she looks at Natalia and she's like, what did you do? And she straight faced looked at Christine and Michael and back at Christine. And she says, I'm trying to kill you. I'd be like, Oh, okay. Um, at one point she verbally threatened to stab both of her parents while they slept. They actually woke up in the middle of the night to Natalia actually just standing over their bed, watching them like, like, creepy, get out of my room. I'm putting padlocks on my door. Like, um, I don't know if that's legal or not when you have kids, but I mean. <laughs> and then how do you. If they're on your door, I guess it would be legal. But then at the same time, like, now you're you're locking yourself to protect you, but she's out there with your other three kids. You know what I mean? Like. Everybody just gets a lock on their door. <laughs> pretty much, like maybe put a lock on the outside of hers. Like, I don't know. So, and then I think this would have been like the final kicker or like one of the big ones. So to celebrate the birthday of one of their sons, the Barnett's went to Trader's Point Creamery. They were working a dairy farm there and the visitors could milk cows. 
Michael says that Natalia got a gleam in her eye when Staffords warned them to stay away from the potentially lethal electric fence on the property. Michael alleges that Natalia tried to pull Christine into the fence and everyone came rushing to the scene of the struggle where Natalia was flailing about. Now, that was Michael and Christine's side. If you um, listen to some of the others' research and shows on this, they did say, or Natalia did say, that she fell. Or she sat down because her feet were hurting so bad. And Christine was being very rude. And was telling her, like, yelling at her, get up, get up now. You need to walk. Like, I'm not playing around. And she was kind of crying, saying, like, my feet hurt so bad. I need to rest. And she tried to pull Natalia up. Like, you normally would your toddler. But, you know, Natalia, she has a lot of muscle, you know. And she was heavier than the average six-year-old. So it kind of, like, pulled her back down to the ground. And then Christine kind of over-exaggerated and dramatized what happened. Um, some of the workers came over. Natalia or Christine called the police and wanted her arrested. They did arrest her, but they let her go immediately because there was like no sign of proof. The workers said that they did not see it, that they did not have any proof that that happened and if they were being honest Christine looked like the over the top dramatic causing the scene to where Natalia was sitting there calmly so it did not look good for Christine at that moment yeah I I had heard Natalia talking about her point of view on that situation and I don't know like the way she described it, it makes sense. You know, she has this condition, so she probably gets very tired, like, walking. And if Christine was kind of, I don't know, making a scene and being dramatic about her getting up and walking, it could have they could have easily, you know, taken a tumble by accident. And if they were standing too close to the fence, like, it wouldn't have been Natalia's fault. Yeah, and the people even said the fence wasn't even on. So, like, at the end of the day, like... <laughs> Yeah, everybody's fine. <laughs> um, but I mean, if you do look at the shoes and the boots that Natalia wears, they look like they're heavier boots because of her condition. They don't look like your normal Nike shoes. You know what I mean? Right. So that adds some weight to it also. No pun intended. Well, yeah. <laughs> I just meant the fall. <laughs> so <But> that too. <laughs> In a video recording of a forensic interview from 2019, Natalia is seen telling prosecution investigator that her feet had been hurting that day. And when she sat down, Christine tried to pull her up and fell. So that's kind of the story that she's going with. And she's kind of been sticking to that. Now, I never lived on a farm, so I don't have many experiences with electric fences. But I can imagine that if it was on... And I did fall in it. It probably would hurt like hell. Oh, I'm so sure. Why don't we just say from now on, all electric fences are not allowed. It's against the rules. I would agree with that, especially if there's a public, it's at a public place where there's a lot of kids running around. I feel like that's probably a big no no. <laughs> yeah. So on that day, the ambulance was called and. Michael recalls that they took Natalia, they ended up committing her to LaRue Carter, Indiana State Mental Hospital for a psychiatric, psychological, psychological, <laughs> thank you, evaluation. Yes. So the hospital employees who wish to remain anonymous, but they are heard on audio clips and recordings stating that Natalia was transferred to the adult wing after they saw the pubic hair while administering a sedative um, injection on her backside. Once she was around the adult male patients, according to the staff, she flirted with them constantly. 
Um, she had been at the hospital for a few weeks. They got a call and they were told, you need to come pick up Natalia because she's creating a disturbance with her sexual advances. They said that she was hostile. She was violent, basically unruly. And then what do you do when a psych ward can't handle your child? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. What is your next step? Yeah, like, where do you go from there? They don't even want her. Yeah, like, now, if this was me, I mean, I I don't know what I would do because I get stressed out over normal teenage shit, and this is next level. You know what I mean? Right. Um, this is, like, top level. <laughs> like, five yeah. levels up. Like, I would hate to say it, but... We'd, I'd have to look back into, like, she's going back to the orphanage then. You know, like, I don't know. Like, right, you don't want to give up on... putting your family in danger and then nobody, none of the help that you're trying to get her is working or nobody will take her. It's like, where do you go from that point? I mean, and if you're trying to kill me with pine salt and electric fences, I don't think we're bonding as well as I hoped. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, bye, bitch. Um, there is a video of her and they ask what she's doing. She said she's reading the Bible and like, why are you reading the Bible? And she says to get rid of all my bad thoughts. Um, so they come back home from distress center and they tell her that she has to sleep outside. You need to sleep outside in the garage until you can be part of this family and until you can straighten up and be a good girl and, you know, all the things. So they have her. I don't think it was quite outside. I think it was like a screen porch type deal. Like it wasn't, you know. Oh, like a sunroom type of thing? That's kind of what I'm thinking. I don't think it was like outside, outside, like, you know, a pillow right. blanket, you know, in the middle of the lawn. Um, yeah. But Michael got up in the middle of the night and said that he felt too bad. He can't do this. He can't leave her out there all night. Um, she was outside long enough. So he was going to get her. Time he got down there, the neighbors had already interfered and called child services. So the police showed up. According to Michael, the cops looked at him and said, oh, you in danger. Like, you need to protect them boys. Like this she cray like you know here's a card but good luck you know and the fact that he could tell that just right after meeting her i feel like says a lot well this is the problem they went to go back to um get a statement and talk to him about it but he has since passed away so it's really michael's word versus natalia's verse nobody okay. knows Again, right. he could have just, just been fabricating it. This is just another thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, when the specialists met, um, the Natalia, I'm sorry, the specialist met Italia, they labeled her as a sociopath, meaning she was in full control of her actions and knew exactly what she's doing. Michael notes no matter how disturbing Natalia's behavior was, he and Christine never considered taking her back. They are still convinced that therapy could help her. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. The mental ward sending her back. I don't know what could help her. So again, they take the Burnettes take her back to the hospital. One of the doctors she talks to in 2012 claimed that Natalia did admit that she's really 18 years old. She admits she wants to hurt people. She admits she's hearing voices. And she admits that, um, yeah, she's tried to kill her parents. No big deal. Very callous about it. Very, like, yeah, you know, I've tried. I haven't yet, but working on it. Super casual. Yeah. So in 2012, Michael and Christine petitioned to the courts to have Natalia's official birth certificate dated changed from 2003 to 1989, making her 20 when they adopted her. 
and the court granted the petition. The following year, the couple moved to Ontario, Canada, so that their son, Jake, who's 15 at the time, he was that prodigy, if you remember, and he was the profile on 60 Minutes, and all the things were still going great for him. Um, so they wanted him to go where he could begin to do some studies and a career and college and futuristic stuff for him. Natalia stayed behind in the apartment that they had rented for her. So the first apartment that they gave her was a main floor. She would get groceries dropped off. Christine didn't seem to go there very often. I feel like Christine was just done with her, like, real quick. Like, yeah. Michael seemed like he had a little bit more of a conscience. Um, being 20 or six, she's handicapped. You know what I mean? Right. And they but she also her- wasn't putting pine salt in his coffee. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, but he's. Also, the dad to the boys that she's terrorizing. So, I mean, he's got to feel something there, you know. Right. And Michael and Christine, they had a very toxic relationship. They were not the very loving to-do family that, you know, Facebook story makes you believe. Um, They have already, I think they even had, like, domestic calls. There was police reports that he had her in a headlock at one time in the past and fighting verbally neighbors would hear him fight verbally never physically outside but just over the top you know that white trash yelling on the front yard you know yeah screaming at each other yeah um so they get her this apartment they bring her food um they set her up with like a a card kind of probably from the state that can, you know, get her the things she needs to get. They give her a TV. Um, She eventually makes friends with an elderly lady down the street. You know, again, they say, you know, I felt bad for her. I would see Christine come over. She would drop the groceries off on the sidewalk and get back in her car. She wouldn't even take them to the door. And they'd watch Natalia struggle trying to bring the groceries in. So people felt bad. So she would help her bring the groceries in. And then that's how they kind of started. There was another couple that lived um, down the way. And Natalia kind of made friends with them. And But it got to the point that Natalia was overstepping. She was showing up every day. At one point, they would come home from not even being home. And Natalia would be in their house. Like going through the fridge, walking around the house. The one neighbor said that they walked in just as she was making her way towards their son's door. And that was when they were like, what are you doing? Like, you need to leave. You cannot be here when we are not here. You can't just show up. People started locking their screen doors. Um, The older lady um, told Natalia, you know, she couldn't come back after she was trying to get frisky with her grandsons and the grandsons kind of told her like, you need to get out of here. Like, don't touch me like that. And, you know, kind of kicked her out. So she started crossing lines and boundaries. They all said her hygiene was terrible. That she stunk, her hair was greasy, um, almost like she wasn't bathing. Now, this is where it's like, okay, so if she's six, Maybe she doesn't know the proper hygiene. Was she never taught it? Right. Can she even take her own clothes off with her body being deformed the way it is? You know? Um, So that was some kind of counteractive thoughts. Other people were like, even if she was 20, she's disabled. Like, you kind of just dropped her off. And she, she needs care 24 7 or at least more frequent than what's happening yeah because like regardless of what her age is i mean obviously if she's six that's or eight or whatever 
at the time that's still bad for her to be left alone but like even if she's older and she still has this condition where she probably shouldn't be like on her own all the time by herself right and maybe you could even i don't know stay in the country (laughs) i know they literally left the country because of this girl so after she kind of rubbed all the neighbors the wrong way um there was another neighbor in that neighborhood. She was hanging out with a couple and the dad and I think it was a grandmother literally watched them like roll. You know how you roll down the hills like as kids being funny. Yeah. Um, they stopped at the end and then they could literally see her trying to undo the buckle of the little boy. Oh so God. the dad kind of caught her and intervened and was like, what is wrong with you? Like, do not ever yeah. come near my child again. Um, so that happened. So when her lease was up at the first apartment, um, they didn't resign it. Even the front desk said that she was constantly calling or going up there. And it's, it's a very hard thought because maybe she was just very, very lonely and very awkward about getting attention, but she was just so starved for it. She was latching on to anybody that would talk to her because she was right. all alone, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, again, 20 or six, she has a deficiency. They needed to do better in that situation. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. The next apartment they got was in Lafayette, Indiana. Now, this is more of a rundown, more crimey. I wouldn't want to live there as a 40-year-old woman by myself, let alone a 18- or 20-year-old or a (laughs) 6-year-old. So at any age, basically. Yeah. Um, But they said it was two blocks radius and it had a Salvation Army right there, a grocery store right there. They both took food stamps. They had a learning center when Natalia was going to school to get her GED. Um, Michael continued to pay the rent bills. So um, I don't know if you guys seen she was on Dr. Phil. This is where her final family found her and kind of took her in. They seen her kind of just sitting on the streets and they asked her how old she was. And she said she was 22 and they said, no way. And she said, yeah, I have my own apartment. And they're like, no way. So they followed her back and took her inside. Now the problem is with this apartment and I will agree age aside, doesn't matter strictly on the deficiency. They put her on a second floor apartment. That's just fucked up. (laughs) That's a lot of steps for someone who can barely walk. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so cool. that, and then they said that she didn't use the stove because she couldn't really reach it and they didn't give her any step stools or ladders or anything. So really the only food she got was stuff she could microwave. Like if this girl was truly like an eight year old, that's insanely sad. Regardless, I mean, even at like 20 or 22, it's still sad because she has to go up the steps and like she can't use all of the appliances in the house. So it's still sad, but like if she was actually eight, that like breaks my heart. Yeah, they um there's actually a video of her calling nine one one on herself saying that she was going to hurt somebody if they didn't come and get her right now, which they did, and then they ended up letting her go. Now later in life I think it was on the Dr. Phil show. She said that Christine made her make that phone call. Yes. Yeah, I did see her say that. So I don't know if that's true or not. Right. um, Again, her word versus Christine's. Yeah. So she meets this lady and they, she's got um, foster kids or kids that she's adopted of all ages and took her in and she's been living with them ever since. Um, They've never had any problems, so to speak. They've never had any drama. I did kind of laugh 
because Dr. Phil did ask, like, is everything great in your house? And they're like, oh, yeah, no drama. Everything's great. But you kind of wonder, did you notice in the Dr. Phil video that the husband was sitting, like, way on the other side of the couch? Yeah, like, he wasn't sitting right next to his wife. Yeah, there's, like, a... I feel like if you're, like, on Dr. Phil talking about such a serious matter about your adopted child and you're, like married i feel like you would be like sitting closer together to like just support each other or whatever you know what i mean like they mm-hmm. were so distant so that's where like is there really drama in the house but they want to make it you know yeah seem like all sunshine and rainbows yeah like is this guy like really another kid like we already right one of them like, yeah so Everything seems to be great with that family, which I hope it is. I hope she's getting the love and care that she needs. If the Barnetts are lying about everything, then, you know, karma will find its way. And it's very, very terrible that they would do that to a child. If Natalia is lying about the way she acted, you know, hopefully the truth will come out and maybe she changed her ways. Maybe she was pushing some buttons to, I don't know, but hopefully it's all in the past and everybody's just moved on. Like, right. It's just so crazy. Cause there's no, yeah, there's so many different sides to it. Like you hear from so many different people. It's like, you don't even know who's telling the truth and who's lying because there's just so many different like perspectives going apparently, into it. Yeah. And apparently there's a statement that says um, from a physician that says Natalia's original 2003 birth certificate is not real. And then Natalia has made a career out of frightening parents and scamming them. And basically like getting adopted was a career. Um, there and the Dr. Phil show said that she was with like 30 different families. She had no recollection. She just could only remember the last few, which at one point, um, well, we'll get into that in a little bit, but so the Barnett's go to the state of Indiana. They want her birth certificate, um, examined and the bone density and the medical examiners, they like try to do all the things. But um, while they did get it changed to 1989, we still don't know if her birth certificate is authentic or not. Right. Like, I feel like the years just keep changing all over the place. It's like. And this child had so many bone density tests. I think she had like five of them and they all say different age. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it can't be accurate. Like, I feel like that would be hard to be accurate anyways, but the fact that she's had it five separate times done and they've all come out with different results just kind of proves that the accuracy of the test is just BS, basically. Yeah. Like, it's just... I don't know. I mean, I look at her on the Dr. Phil show. I I don't think she looks 16. She looks older than that to me. Do I want to say she looks 33? No, but definitely not 16. I mean, she looks like a young woman, in my opinion. Yeah. She looks like she's it, at least 21, 22, at least. She definitely looks older than 16. The only thing with that is it's so hard to say, I feel like, with that condition because I it can affect how you look so much. Like, you know that one guy... I always forget his name, but he looks like a baby, but he's like in his 30s. And then another girl, she's like much younger, but she looks way older. So like it just, I know with that specific condition, it like can really affect the way that you look and like how old you are. So I, I don't know. It is hard to say. It is. And I will say that when I heard the story on this podcast, I don't know if it was Crime Junkies that it did it or if it was, um, what's the name of those girls? Um, 
they're kind of like stoners or kind of funny morbid morbid yeah um might have been morbid i heard it on i'm not sure who i heard it but it was like a while like long ago like that i heard it mm-hmm. and i was just like oh my god like what a crazy, you know, psychopath, blah, blah, blah. But then after watching the documentary, after watching Dr. Phil, there's just, there's so much on each side that like Christine and Michael, one flew over a cuckoo's nest times two. They're both crazy. For sure. Um, I feel like it was very easy that Natalia could have been a crazy sociopath very easily um i feel like there's the burnett story and i feel like there's natalia's story and then i feel like it's all a messy like ball of string from both pieces of the middle yeah exactly because you have like you have like other people like previous um foster parents that she had and like staffers from the medical facility all giving these statements about how like you know the different things that she did so then it makes you lean more towards Christine and Michael's story but then also you watch like the Dr. Phil episode with Natalia and her parents talking and it's like oh you kind of lean more towards their story because it seems like they're all good and everything so it's just really hard to say what the truth is yeah, and like if you watch the documentary, like I feel like the only one that is somewhat normal is Jacob, and I feel bad for him. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more to get into, so we're probably going to have to do a part two. Um, that was not my original plan, but <laughs> after uh, putting all my research together, it just was a lot longer than I thought. And I don't want to do an hour and a half episode because people got to work. They got to pause it, you know. Yeah, you got a a lot of good info that we could spread out for a a couple episodes so people can enjoy two of them. So we will come back. But um, wrapping up this one, I just, I do want to say part of me believes that Christine was toxic. She wasn't the picture, you know, perfect mom that she led people to believe maybe she was in the beginning maybe she was before natalia got there maybe natalia's condition was more than they bargained for some people thought maybe because she needs surgeries they realized they can't afford that so they they needed to get rid of her um maybe natalia is a little bit more you know kind of crazy and did some things and um they handled it wrong you know i it does sound like there was a lot of abuse in there. Um, like at one point they made her, Christine made her keep her nose to the wall for eight hours. Didn't let her go to the bathroom. She peed and pooped where she stood. Um, couldn't eat. Like to me, that's overkill. That's way too much, you know, especially right. if she is six and you're pounding information from her that maybe she legitimately does not know, you know. Right. She's bounced around so much from her birth mom. She might not even remember who her birth mom is, you know. Or if she's traumatized from something, that can block someone's memory. You know, if they just block it out and they just really can't remember when they try to think about it. You know, if something happened to her and she just doesn't remember, that could have be a reason for that too. Doing it in a stressful way. If I come at you and be like, you know, hey, Kay, tell me about blah, blah, blah. Like, no, like, no, we're not leaving this room until you tell me. Like, you're going to be like, what the hell is happening? Like, Yeah, because then you're sitting there, right? like, stressed out trying to think, like, oh, okay, um, wait, wait, what happened? Instead of, like, I'm sorry, but with kids, you have to manipulate them. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got to say it in a kind, you know, oh, hey, so, you know. You know, Ukraine, you remember uh, blah, 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 you know, or, hey, did you have McDonald's in Ukraine? Because we have them here, huh? What did you have? Stuff like that. Then they're like, oh, no, we had, you know, In-N-Out Burger. You know what I mean? Like Right. To make it easier because then they're not feeling the pressure of answering. It's just like an easy conversation for them. 
Kids are dumb. You can overpower them, especially if they're really six. But if she's a sociopath, maybe she is smarter. Maybe she right. wasn't six. Maybe, you know, maybe she stood there for eight hours crying, pissed and pooped herself because she needed to play the poor pitiful me card for CPS. You know, I don't know. It's so crazy. And we're just like, we're not even done. Yeah, there's definitely way more to be covered. Uh way more interesting stuff to be covered too because this is just like such a wild story i still can't even wrap my head around it yeah so come back next week and we will wrap it up for you i will give you some more of the deets of some more things that previous parents had talked about other neighbors um and we'll get into the courts and all that fun stuff. Where are the Barnett's now? What is happening with everybody? Where is everybody? And we'll go from there. We were going to have um, a little bit of an extra fun fact to talk about too. But again, it's taken a little longer than I anticipated. So we will add that on next week as well. So don't forget to tune in to part two next week. So you can jump right back into the story absolutely and see if you have any thoughts um after listening to this feel free to email us at horrorwineandcrime at gmail.com tell us your thoughts your opinions if you know something we don't if you heard something we didn't if you researched something that we missed let us know share your thoughts we will add it to the conversation next week and just kind of be part of the conversation because we are open to anybody's um, thoughts and their conspiracy. What do they think? Like, what is their perspective on it? Because it's crazy. Yeah, definitely. Like I said in the beginning, this was a good pick, low because it's for sure a huge conversation piece. Like, because... Everybody could have a different opinion on what is going on here. So, all right. Well, we'll be looking forward to those emails. And, yeah, um, enjoy your night. And we got to go. Stay creepy. Bye. Bye. Bye.